And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. It was very good. And behold, all right. Hello, seven days listeners. And God hello. saw everything that he had made. <laughs> that was such a gentle very, hello, Shush. It was very melodic, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, guess what? I'm jumping straight what? into it. But let's do I, it. I um. I'm excited by today because we've got a friend of mine who is a legend. Oh, how exciting. I know. I know. The last one was like, it was like your friend, Shush, and now it's like my yeah, friend. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so, we just go through all our friends. It's nice. Yeah, it's just our friends. They're the only people that listen. Them and our parents, right? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but today we have the amazing Jared Hashek with us. Hey! Hey. <laughs> How are you guys? Welcome, Jared. <laughs> We're good. Hey, thanks. Thanks. I feel welcome. Thank. This is first time being on here. You've just jumped right in. You've basically come blind just because we asked you mm. to come and join us. Um, and took a leap of faith. It is a bit of a leap of faith. But do you, we start every podcast, Jared, with some quick questions. We call it the Fast Five, where it's just a chance for people to get to know you. Maybe a bit of the the weird things about you. You know, what you prefer over other things. Just the odd things that not everyone knows. So are you prepared to jump in with those with us? Come on. Yes, I love it. (laughs) It's a fast five, it's a fast five, it's a fast five. It's a fast five, it's a... Fast five. All right, all right. Question number one. As a child, what did you want to be when you grow, grew up? <laughs> a musician. Hey. Well, that's Tick. easy. Imagine that. <laughs> all right, all right. Question number two. Do you know how to fold a fitted sheet? Oh, oh the bane no. of my existence. I, I don't, no, I don't think it's... I don't even try. <laughs> Is it a thing? Does anyone know how to fold them? I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's a TikTok video. Yeah, there'll be a TikTok video yeah, for sure. Or yeah, or of some grandmother who's like 90 years old and has the perfect way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's taken her 89 of those years to work. Yeah, it out. exactly. <laughs> She's just nailed it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay, the next question is: What is your favorite streaming platform? Mm. Mm. As in, as in for music or for. TV or for what? What's give me more? I'll take any. And you pick the category. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think that um I think the Apple TV Plus selection mm. would be where I would be would be where I watch more than half of my TV. Yeah, streaming. interesting. Yeah, oh. Central Park being quite a favourite. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did you say there Central you Park? There's a um there's a show on Apple TV called Central Park. It's an animated TV show, and it's a musical, so they sing like three or four numbers per episode, oh. and it's very funny. I I laugh out loud. Interesting. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I got Apple. It's very good. I got Apple Plus because of Ted Lasso. Me too. I was the yes. only reason I got it, and then it's just <laughs> been there forever. Ted Lasso is just the greatest. <laughs> oh, well, check true. out check out um Central Park, and I've also just started watching Mythic Quest, which is like oh, a yeah. comedy set in a game studio. They're making this game called Mythic Quest, oh. and um. It also amuses me. <laughs> <laughs> One more recommendation go. on Apple Plus. I believe it's called Severance. Ah, I've seen the ads. Very good. Show. Very good. Yeah. Anyway, bit weird, but this isn't a podcast about Apple Plus. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. This is the fourth question. Now, this actually is very on topic. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Oh. All time. Oh, how can you... Hard one to answer. It has to be whatever so you think of ones. now. Because you go through stages. So whatever is now is your favourite show. Um, oh, I don't, oh, Bluey. Oh, oh great answer. Classic. Great show. Yeah. It's just, I cannot believe how good Bluey is. It's like, yeah. we watched an episode the other day. I think it was called Bin Night. Yep. And in Bin Night, they talk about, 
you know, you can be who you want in life. They talk about neighborhood awareness and community and they talk about science. They talk about the cycles of the moon and how, you know, every, every month it goes, you know, through the lunar cycle and just like, how do they get all of that into a seven minute episode <laughs> without feeling like it was a real try hard, we're going to teach you a life lesson now, kids, kind of. Mm. It was just... It is oh. genius. It is genuinely it is. genius. Like It's true. It's just brilliant. Great for all ages. We love uh, Well, when I tell people that Bluey's my... I love Bluey, and they go, oh, well, I don't have kids. I'm like, well, what's your point? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's not a kid's show. Nah. Just, Do you know what? Uh, Deviating from this being the Fast Five, I believe that the first night we hung out, Jared, we bonded over Bluey and we actually recommended it to a guy that's a young adult that doesn't have kids and he went into his room and watched it the whole night and loved it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) We did. Bluey. Yeah. Greatest show. Just brings people together. It does. We're fans. We're fans of Bluey on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If Bluey want to sponsor us, we're happy. Surely playing past the parcel... Lucky's dad's way is going to be like a phrase that kids use. It has to be. It has to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, we, I guess we better move on from Bluey. Yes, Otherwise, yes. we'll be here all day yeah. raving yeah. about it. Uh, but our final question comes from a listener named Darren. So, Darren. hey, Darren. Thanks for sending us your yeah, question. Darren. Dazza. Uh, he has been an avid listener for seven <gasps> no days. Way. I know. That a whole seven possible. days. possible. I know. Uh, thank you, you avid listener. But he wants KFC. to know simply, Maccas or yeah. KFC? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Is right this like this a, of always KFC or just like right for now? Our family. <laughs> Maccas is like the fast food. It's like the <laughs> lowest common denominator. Like we've got three kids. And so out of the five of us, it's hard to find something that everyone will tolerate. Yeah. Mm. Well, not even like. Just like Maccas is the thing that we'll all go, oh, fine. Maccas. So I, I think yeah. I would prefer KFC. <laughs> fair enough. In that fair respect, enough, is KFC the hoity-toity one? <laughs> is that what you're saying? It's like KFC's yes. the upper-class Maccas? <laughs> oh, only because I've had so much Maccas because yeah. whenever I say KFC, someone's like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Then, we up, then we end up Maccas. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Now we know. Yeah. Now, we now know. Darren knows. Yeah, that's right. Well, look, Jared, you survived the um, Fast Five, my friend. Yeah. It wasn't that fast. No, nah, it wasn't. But it never <laughs> Tends is. not to be. It never <laughs> is. But we don't want to change the name because it's so good being ironic. Fast Five. Now, Jared, for those who don't know who you are, Seeing as yep. though this is the first time on this podcast, which thank you for coming on. Uh, would you mind giving us a brief little overview? Now, we always say brief, but this is such a... There's so <laughs> much content that you need to get through to get to your life to this point that we don't mind if you blow that out <laughs> a bit. But just do you just want to give our listeners a snapshot of, I guess, who you are, what you do, um, what has got you to where you are, and also just... When did you first come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And how that happened? Wow. Yes. Golly. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, to start start with the last question, I, I grew up in a Christian family. Um, and, I, you know, I guess for me growing up, the reality of God and faith in Jesus was always just, a you know, it wasn't so much a discovering Jesus as a, that's just the way the world is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've had, you know, times of reconnection and rededication along the way, but there was no, um, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus kind of a moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I grew up in Melbourne. Um, and like we said earlier, when I was in grade five, our um, teacher who I'm still in touch with these days, actually, ironically, um, he had us all filling this you know, big poster about ourselves. And then when we were in, at, I was at a prep to 12 school, so then when we were at the end of our schooling, at the, at the end of high school, he tracked us down. Mm. And those of us who were in his class, he gave us back these posters. Um, and so in grade five, I wrote on it that I wanted to either be a, um, high, a school teacher or a piano player. Mm. 
Um, so it's kind of just been music has just been I don't know the thing that I'm was born to do. Mm-hmm. I reckon um, just always been part of my DNA and um, never considered another career, never considered another you know my hobby and my job and I don't know it's it's all about music um, mm-hmm. to the frustration of many I'm sure. <laughs> um, so yeah so always been just you know super enthusiastic about music and really nerdy about music really loved music theory as a kid and really loved understanding how music worked and why it worked and why these chords sounded good and why those notes sounded good and what made a good song like that kind of nuts and bolts of music so um yeah played in bands played in um, a band called Compliments of Gus, which did a bunch of Christian shows around Australia and New Zealand, sort of from the late 90s through to the mid-2010s. Um, and that was a great opportunity for me to, I guess, learn to be a producer. And, you know, I wanted to put strings on our songs, and so I'd write string arrangements and we'd record them and no one argued with me because it was my band. So, you know, it was all this really fantastic on-the-job training, um, which... You know, and which set me up, I guess, really well for a career in music, um, which ran parallel to the band and has just continued since the band finished. So um, these days I work as a producer and an arranger mostly. So either producing songs or writing string arrangements or orchestral arrangements for other people's songs would probably be two big chunks of what I do. Mm -hmm. A bit of film composition and transcribing and other stuff but they're the they'd be the main things mm. cool yeah there you go so there now we know everything about you so podcast hey. done done sweet <laughs> see you later <laughs> thanks for coming okay so no, no, no. now that we know i guess who you are what we're doing as a podcast at the moment is going over these broad topics and then uh pinpointing certain aspects of that and discussing what that really means now we don't pretend to have any of the answers here. We just want to have a discussion around some of these topics. And we thought you would be perfect for the topic of the world and the church uh, from a craft perspective. Now, when we talk about that, I guess what springs to my mind uh, with a lot of this stuff is, all right, uh, I think for some reason, I don't know, maybe we can unpack our opinion on it but I think for some reason as Christians it's easy to um, be a creative person and then box that creative gift into a Christian or church perspective but then that is separate from a secular perspective Um, now I'm not talking about meaning behind what you do I'm talking about the actual like output of what you do uh, you might be thinking, okay, well, I'm a musician. I'm going to play on Sundays. But you don't think I'm going to be a musician secularly because, all oh, that's a bit different, you know? And I don't know, like I've had this journey myself, so I might be bringing my own bias in. But I think that you will have some good ideas or opinions around, I guess, why there is that bit of separation there and what what it actually means to actively pursue the gifts that God's put on your heart and making a difference for the kingdom in general, whatever that means, whether whether the best way of doing that is from a Sunday perspective or whether it is about going out or like there's a, I believe there's a separation there. So do you want to kind of talk around that separation? Why you think that even exists? Do you think it should exist? And then we might dive into some other stuff, but that's just the first thing that comes to mind from my perspective. Sure. I grew up, yeah, being really into Christian music, which meant that we started this band that did Christian music and played to Christians. And it was never like, we just, and because we're in church world, they we got invited to play at church things and at festivals. And, mm. you know, we did a couple of mainstream shows, but, you know, we're talking a handful over the 17 years that we're together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It's been weird because my professional life has, I guess, flowed out of that. So Mm -hmm. I would say that a large portion of what I do these days is still with artists or churches or that are connected to that Christian community. Whether they're doing Christian stuff or not, it's still sort of, you know, it's 
it's who I know and yeah. Mm. And even when I try and, you know, branch out and meet new people, it seems to keep on sucking me back in. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, and I, I've made quite a few trips to the States, you know, for work-related things. And I've been to LA and the LA stuff that I did was, you know, just, you know, regular mainstream music and film stuff. And LA was very much, you know, what do you want? Why are you here? Mm. And then I went to Nashville and which is, you know, country and, but for me, Christian music world. And they were like, ah, oh, give us a hug. Well, how can we work together? You know? This yeah. And so even though I, you know, went to America to try and, you know, pursue more music opportunities, it was the Christian ones that really embraced me and mm. the mainstream ones that were a bit standoffish. And mm. so I don't know whether I'm answering the question or not, but this is, just where I found myself. So now I work at the studio in Melbourne and um, I would say now I'm doing increasingly more mainstream stuff because people just, you know, find the studio on the website and if they want a producer, they come to me and if they want a mix engineer, they go next door to Phil and, mm -hmm. you know, so work comes to me a bit now because of where, I'm, where I work yep. mm -hmm. and that kind of um, environment. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't know. At the end of the day, music's music. Yep. You know. Yep. And Agreed. We're all using the same one, four, five, six chords, and <laughs> we're all, you know, sharing our heart. I think, and yep. and whether it's faith-based music or whether it's not, or whether it's faith people doing mainstream music or mainstream music doing music that they see as spiritual. It's mm -hmm. it's just peop the music that resonates no matter who's written it, are the people that I think that are writing from the heart and mm. being honest with what the story they're telling. And mm -hmm. it's the people that are being, I guess, calculated about it. And that's a very subjective thing for me to say that I think that someone's being ingenuine or being, mm. you know, because I might think that they're being a bit fake and they might be being completely genuine, you know, there could yes. be a breakdown in communication there. But the people that I think had the biggest impact are the people that are being genuine mm. and the people that are trying to do something to tickle the right boxes, whether that's stylistically or lyrically or mm -hmm. often it, it's, that's when it's not as good, I think. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I don't know what impact I'm having for the kingdom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, I don't know. I think that um, I recorded an album for someone a few years ago and it was a difficult recording. They were challenging <laughs> as an artist and as a talent was I don't know it was there was a whole lot of reasons that they shouldn't be making that album yeah. but we persevered and got to the end of it and they said thank you so much um, no one's ever been kind to me before mm. yeah wow and that broke my heart like yeah. it was mm. just um, I don't know just to see the way that the world had treated them because they were different mm -hmm. mm. and mm. um you know and, and it wasn't a, a christian thing or a spiritual thing at all that we were doing but um mm. yeah just to see what it meant to them at the end of it um and that they just hadn't been fobbed off i guess i don't know that yeah. that was rude. i don't know i guess that was a a chance to be a bit Jesus to them. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and this this does border on the like being Jesus to other people always with through your craft, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I also have, I guess, another question that somewhat relates to that, um, and that is like cultural relevance and the influence that has on 
current craft within church? Is that a bad or a good thing? Mm. <laughs> well, so do, do, just to put some question on that idea, are you thinking of, you know, doing, you know, popular music styles in church, mm-hmm. that kind of a, yep. a thing? I, I think that it's fine. I mean, I don't know. We're all in the world, right? We're like, it's not like we're. Yep. Most of us are not living in some Christian bubble, and we're aware of music that's on the radio or music yep. that's on Spotify or on whatever music's on these days. Um, <laughs> and so it would be weird, right, if we insisted on playing music that was cool two hundred years ago. Mm, yeah. Because mm. um, I'm sure that when you know those classic hymns were in they were you know appropriately stylistically mm. stylistically appropriate for the day mm. um so i don't know i find it weird when when christians think that time stopped at some arbitrary point and <laughs> that's the way that we should be still doing things yeah um but you know and then this comes back to the authenticity thing like i'm not really one for chasing a trend either yes so yep. I, I don't think that we should be trying to you know be dual leaper in church necessarily <laughs> yeah <laughs> but if i was a pop music producer and which i mean the music i produce is probably more you know singer songwriter adult contemporary get a band in a room and press record kind of a music than full-on pop music anyway but if that was what i was making and then I was, you know, writing for my church as well. It would be quite possible that I'd be writing Dua Lipa style songs for church. Mm. And I don't know. I think if it comes from a point place of this is what I really like mm. and I want to sing about Jesus in this style I really like, then cool. But if it's coming from a place of, oh, that's what the kids are doing, we should mm. do that too. Mm. I think it just loses that authenticity and it's yep. probably going to suck. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I'm all, I'm all for like you know churches for the most part. Like we were at Planet Shakers for quite a few years, and even Planet Shakers is a very intergenerational, cross generational congregation. Even though it might present as a very hip hop, you know, <laughs> hypey kind of young crowd. Yeah. There's grandparents there and there's babies there and there's all nationalities, mm. all ages. Yep. Um, and I think that that represents, you know, most churches have got that cross-generational mm. thing and I would like to think that there's something for people at church, mm. regardless mm. of who you are, um, which I, I'm, I think is why most churches sort of find a middle-of-the-road kind of... Yep. You know, not too old, not too young, not too loud, not too soft kind of a mm. Hillsong, you know, style. Mm. Um, yeah. I love it. I feel like um, something to paraphrase what you were saying before, but it's not about um, when talking about like, should we, how much should we be influenced by, you know, the world or whatever. But like, well, it's less about that and it's supposed to like the authenticity yep. of our heart and the expression of where it's coming from and it'll come out in whatever form is appropriate or whatever form you have at the the skills and the tools you have mm-hmm. right it's just it's it's just a vehicle and it's just a tool it's just an expression as opposed to like i will do this because of this like because that's what the world's doing and if that's what you're doing then maybe we need to just check where you're at mm-hmm. you know yeah I don't really have a response other than, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did just paraphrase what you yes. said, so yes. All good. <laughs> no, but you're right, and we harp on about that all the time, Shush. Like, all the time, It's, it's all about heart. Um, yeah. And I think, like, and I, like I say this to myself as well, it's really easy to get bogged down with the practicalities of what the world and the church really means. Like... Mm. even just these questions that we're having and and like like really at the end of the day if your heart is right and you're being authentic in what you're doing who cares about everything else um 
What what I will say is though, have you come across any kind of, I I think a challenge for some people. And now I I don't want to misspeak here because I'm not a theatre person, but I'm sure that Shush can jump in here with acting and things like that. Um, you take a craft or or an art expression of any sort um, for a, like, and you are a Christian, and you go into the world to use that gift. There might be times where you come up against something that maybe you don't agree with in your mm, art form, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which shush is all over right now. I can see her <laughs> nodding. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe, like maybe, that. yeah, like maybe as a producer, you're asked to produce, uh, I don't even know what that is, like an album that is well, literally the opposite of what you want to be doing and what you morally yeah. believe. What is the line we play as creatives mm. wanting to pursue? This is probably a bit more around wanting to pursue a professional mm. um, relationship with our art form. How can we carry that, I guess, Christianity into those spaces? Yeah. And I, I haven't, I've only had one situation where I've gone, I don't know whether I should, how comfortable I am doing this. Yeah. Um, and I ended up, I ended up saying yes to the project, but the project hasn't happened yet. And it was just, I did a short film for a guy earlier this year or last year. And then he, he was like, oh, that was great. Do you want to do my next short film? It's a comedy about euthanasia. Mm. And I was like, huh. Right, <laughs> you know, and it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I ended up at least saying to him, "Yeah, look, send me the script and let's keep talking." And, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not too fussed about my name being attached to something that's doesn't align with my values. Like that doesn't. That doesn't bother me maybe it should bother me but it doesn't um i'm not like i'm not too worried about that from a reputation point of view i'm not worried about what people will think of me and i would on the one hand you know i need to work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so <laughs> i need to feed my family and yep. that's a simple motivation um but the other one is that like i was saying before i do i've done so much you know stuff in the christian world um, that I feel like I am in a bubble sometimes. Mm. And if I say no to things that are outside of the Christian world just because I don't agree with them, then I'm just going to stay in my little bubble and mm. you know those opportunities I'm going to have to work with and influence people that aren't in that world is going to diminish even more. So mm. it seems... Um, I don't know. It doesn't. I feel like it would be purely looking after my own self-interest mm-hmm. to take myself out of that opportunity, rather than looking at it from a perspective of how can God use me with these people yeah. in these conversations. Mm. Um, and then if people see that I've done music on that film and they think I'm a bad person, then. Or, or that I support that worldview necessarily, I guess, would be up to them. Mm. Mm. But then I guess there would, you know, I'm not really interested in doing porn soundtracks or, yeah. you know, I'm, so there's, oh, that's yeah. an extreme. Yeah. Yeah. But clearly by saying that there is a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I just don't, right. I don't know where it is. Don't know where that exactly is. Yeah. And I probably won't find out where it is until I go, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so yeah. different for um, each art form, right? Like I'm sure Shush yeah. has a much different perspective too because yeah. the acting I'd, thing is very yeah. different again, right? Mm. Well, I'd actually love to like chat to this for a moment, yeah, I guess from my perspective of like an acting theatre background because it's something I've really wrestled with and still wrestle with. I Like I never got to uh, like a, a place, um, I guess. I remember being in uni... Um, and studying, not in a Christian setting, uh, but standing really firm of like, this is who I am and my identity in God and being like, but what happens if I get faced with this situation? Like, where is the line? And I'm a fairly like, I would love it sometimes if the world was black and white, like if it was just clear, cut, defined and someone could just tell me this is it. I'd be like, great, 
now I know, but it's not. Mm. Um, and so I guess I just want to acknowledge that it can be complex and every person I've talked to, not that there's an abundance of them, but like Christian actors, everyone has a different answer, right? Mm. And everyone's like, some mm. people are like, I would never do that. And other people are like, that's oh, fine, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, what? It, it, there, there was never a clear cut. This is the the line where Christians are okay or not okay. And I think particularly as actors, it's um, because it's you and your face and your body, like it's like you're portraying it. It's not just like... Sure. I, I would I would have much more hesitancy if I was a singer mm. about being right. asked to sing things yeah. that I found offensive yes. right. than I would being asked to record someone singing something that I found right. offensive. Yes. Right. So, yeah, I totally get that. It, it's tricky, right? It's like different art forms and almost different people. It seems as if it's different for everyone. And I, the somebody asked about it, asked me about it one time, um, and said like, you know, how is that as a Christian person in in acting? Like, what do you do? And I go, I don't know. I ask God and just pray and just discern how I feel. And, and where I think the spirit's leading in that moment, in that place, because I haven't got any answers and I'm still wrestling through it. Mm. Um, but I think it's a really important thing to acknowledge um, because I remember coming into, especially uni and starting to face this world, this industry and being like, someone tell me, like, where are the mentors speaking into this mm. space? Where are those examples of people I can follow? And then I had to work really hard to find just a handful. And even then, none of them had answers. So I just, <laughs> I guess I want to acknowledge it of like, I don't know if any of us have answers, yeah. but it's, it's a, we all face it. Yeah, that's well, right. at least Christian and actors in my experience have faced it. Yeah. And it's just about having those open conversations, right? Like right. we actually, yeah, like you're saying, like no one has the exact black and white here, but let's actually have an open conversation and have a relationship mm. with people and get that mm. spoken mm. about. Um, another thing for you, Jared, I'd love to know your perspective on this stuff as well. Uh, you were saying that obviously being a part of the band was a massive thing in your life. You spent 17 years doing that. Um, was there a decision that needed to be made to concentrate on that and to step out into that space that was mm. foreign mm. to you? Or did that seem like a natural progression? I'm just really well aware there might be people who are listening that do want to use their gifts, I guess, in that same capacity or whatever it is that you want to step out and actually tour what you do or you want to start going into local places with what you do. Was there a hard decision that needed to be made? Did you need to sacrifice things um, in some respect or was that like more of a natural thing? Do you have any advice for anyone really is what is, is the main point? Um, I So we started the band. I was in a band in high school that sort of stayed together right through high school into my uni years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was already had already been in this band. We you know, grew up together with these guys. Um, and then it was sort of, you know, dying when I met Justin, who was the the front man in Compliments of Gus and someone asked us to do some songs that are things. So we put together a band and did this and that's what, how the band started. So, and then people kept on asking us to do stuff. And then after a couple of years of that, we're like, oh, maybe we, maybe this is a thing, you know, (laughs) and, um, then I, so it was gradual it wasn't like mm. you know we went let's start a band and we're going to stay together for this many years and we're going to do mm. this many albums and we're going to tour like it was just, just you know happened. and I there were a few unique things that kept us together as a band um, one of one of them was that we genuinely loved each other and we had some really strong friendships yeah. um, with, between within the band and enjoyed each other's company and enjoyed traveling together and enjoyed the music that we made. So I think that made it, you know, constantly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we got older and were married and had kids, you know, it was it was just a cool hobby. It was something that we could, you know, go and do. And it was a, yeah, not an escape, but just something that was you know, outside of the regular life that, you know, mm-hmm. and the other guys in the band didn't pursue music. So it was, you know, we had yeah. regular jobs 
but then we got to do some cool gigs here and there as well so there was that and the other thing that kept us together and gave us lots of opportunities was that i i was happy to do all the work mm. <laughs> um <laughs> and i think that if any of the guys in the band are listening to this they will just nod and go yeah that's that's what happened it was like you know it, it was, and, and i don't say if no no bitterness bitterness or anything here i but i realized really fairly early on that if any, if the band was going to do stuff, then I had to be the one that would book the shows and mm. book the studios mm. and make the albums and, you know, yeah. If if I didn't, it just it would have just fizzled out. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I love this, and you know, being that management kind of side of things is down my alley. So, mm. so I did, mm-hmm. and probably to my family's detriment and other parts of my life's detriment, went. I went, you know, hardcore into that. And the other guys were happy to turn up at rehearsals and gigs and studios. And so, yeah, combination of loving the music, loving each other Mm. and me being happy to do all the work, all the behind the scenes work um, and not be grumpy about it or be, um, yeah, have any animosity. We were were all happy. So our drummer... um, you know, would rock up to the rehearsal and to the gig and probably be programming on his laptop, you know, between <laughs> songs almost. Like that was his level of, you know, and he was like, you know, 110% into his job, but he was also there for the band. Mm-hmm. And everyone was sort of else was sort of somewhere in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were all just happy to let everyone do their thing mm. and did as much as we could within those parameters. Mm. So, yeah. So, I don't know. For people that are, that want to explore music as a, may not as a career, but as a outlet or do it at a, you know, more enthusiastic level than they have in the past. I think you just, you just got to do something. Mm-hmm. Whether that's recording a song or recording an EP or whether that's just finding somewhere to play, whether that's venues or churches or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you're niches we all sort of start with some kind of niche or some kind of audience and i don't know i think just longevity is the key you've just got to stick at it mm. yeah right um, Perseverance. and even me in my career outside of the band like i'm in my 40s now when i was in my 20s i wanted to be a producer and i was like yeah i want to make records for people and this is my career and I, no one asked me to make any records for them and I didn't produce anything. Well, maybe one, th- yeah, it was, and so I got, my th- got into my 30s and I was like, oh, well, that ship has sailed. Like, I'm too old now. Uh, yeah. You know, and it wasn't an, I don't know, it was almost, wasn't until I hit 40 really that those really creative opportunities started opening up for me and, mm. um, yeah, I've realized that people need to trust you with a lot to go here's my baby can you help make it better or can you produce it Mm. or can you Mm. you know bring your expertise to it especially when there's a creative field Mm. um it just takes a long you've just got to have i don't know experience and maturity and all these things that hopefully i have a little bit of now (laughs) and um for people to trust you with their thing yeah Mm. and i'm sure that would go be the same for directors or for creatives that are in charge of projects or Mm. you know composers for films or all of those things where you've got one job for the project which is the guy in charge of it creatively or the girl or the person in charge of it creatively and it's not like i don't know like you might have 20 actors in a thing but one director yeah and so if you want to be the one at the pointy end You've got to be. You've got to earn that spot. Yeah. And I didn't realize that when I was younger that. You know, I might have had the skills, but I didn't have any, didn't have any of those other things. Mm. But mm. I didn't realize that those other things are what people were looking for and relationships. Mm. It's you know relationships is the other really big thing for any creative industry that. Um, it's it, it is what you know, and but assuming there's a whole lot of people that are similarly talented. 
then it's going to be the people that are in your network that you've had coffee with or that you went to uni with or that you were in a band with or mm. that you went to church mm. with or that you worked on this other show with and then they got you. It's those connections because people want to work with their friends. Yeah. yeah. And they want to work with people they like and they want to work with people that they know are going to be the right vibe for their thing. Mm. Yeah. And so if you come along as a stranger, mm. you it almost doesn't matter how good you are. You've got to work on that other stuff. Mm. And if you're a jerk, doesn't then it really doesn't matter how good you are. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 It reminds me of what Derek says um, for yep. listeners who have listened to previous episodes. He often talks about this like in terms of creative community craft. And it's in that order because you've got to have God first, but then community. He, I think he says something similar of like in terms of a jerk. Yep. In terms of if you're a jerk, it doesn't matter how good you are. No one wants to yep. hang out with yeah. you or work with you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a jerk, you've got to be the best in the world. You've got to be Prince <laughs> or you've got to be, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You've just got to like... You can be the absolute best and then you can be a jerk. But for the rest of us that aren't the absolute best <laughs> in the world, we've just got to be nice people. We'll aim for not being a jerk. Yeah, that's that's right. good. Yeah, that's right. Good thing. And it plays into all, like, I guess through, like, all of the podcasts. Like, this is the third season. There are Woo! consistent, I guess, uh, topics that that always tend to come up and and one of them is obedience right and it, it seems right. like you you have to be obedient you have to be authentic in your expression it it is all of those things combined that gets you things like longevity and gets you things like persistence yeah. and and actually it's stepping back and seeing that bigger goal that means you can get through those I guess, harder times if there's harder times or push through the barriers that are in front of you as a creative. And I guess that's that's what I hear when I hear you talk around what happened with the band and what you've been doing even in your professional career. It is about being obedient to knowing who God has called you to be and the gifts that God has given you and then acting upon them. And and, and we just we just need a generation of creatives that are willing to act, right? We need the boldness mm. and and the Holy Spirit's going to help that, I'm hoping, because if, if he doesn't, <laughs> then we're all in a bit of trouble. But we, we, we just need to step out as creatives and actually start to influence the world because I actually don't like the idea of culture influencing us. I want christian values to influence culture right like like right. i don't yeah. right now i wasn't alive during this time but i'm gonna use it um like things yeah. like lord of the rings like tolkien like a, a christian mm -hmm. guy influencing culture at the time like we need we need creatives that are um out there yeah. influencing culture that it is yeah. starting to become a normal thing that uh these themes of hope and these themes of of greater meaning and and love and truth uh are injected everywhere that that's my yeah. That's my two-minute rant, but yeah, yeah, that's what I hear uh, hear coming from you too, Jared. Yeah, yeah, and I think also there's something to be said. Um, I was just thinking through this idea of longevity, right, mm. in terms of um, creativity, because I think often, I mean, I guess we we all go through seasons as well. So there can be seasons where you're in a bit more and then out a bit and whatever but i think it's interesting this idea of longevity in the arts mm. because i guess from a like a professional point of view well i can't speak for all industries but there's not always many people who who have a longevity in the arts but i yeah. feel like in the church a bit more you can still be part you can be part of the arts for a, lo a long part of your life i mean i think of the history of the brass band and the salvation army and people are in the brass band from when they're like eight to 80 yeah. or, or more yeah. you know it's this funny thing how we can the arts are can be a consistent part and there's such a longevity in the church and yet outside sometimes it's a bit hit and miss or waves and seasons and some of that's okay but i just think think that's an interesting comparison when we're talking about longevity mm. is and, and then the generations that come with that as well right it's not just certain generations are, are more creative or artistic it's like all generations are can be creative and artistic mm. um anyway i just that that thought struck to, struck me as we were chatting before yeah. yeah and i think we can do i think we can do a better job in the arts of looking after and respecting people that are older mm. um and i actually i find um and this is purely anecdotal, but when I um, have worked in Nashville, I have found that they do a 
better job than we do at respecting and using older musicians and older artists. Mm. Um, like a lot of the people that I've worked with over there have, you know, been in their 50s, 60s, 70s and still working professionally as songwriters or as record label people or as session musicians. And um, and that's not to say there's not room for young people, but it's, you know, I don't feel like that once you hit 35, you're, you know, you're kicked out for the next hot young thing that's coming through to, to take <laughs> mm. your job. Yeah. And yeah. I feel that both in church life here in Australia, particularly probably in the more, I guess, modern worship styled church services mm-hmm. um, and, you know, out in the pop world. Um, yeah. Once you, you can feel like you hit your use by date fairly quickly. Mm. and um, yeah I just I think that's a shame and I, f- I feel yeah. like um, keeping the door open for older musicians to still to still serve and feel yeah. like they've got something to contribute to um, modern worship settings um, mm. or to the music scene in general yeah. or to the mm. performing the art scene to make it wider mm. I think is really important and yeah yeah well yeah yeah and i always come to the whole like we don't we don't serve because we have the gift we serve because we have a heart for the house or a heart for Mm. the kingdom right and if 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 the heart for the house or the kingdom is is there then age isn't a thing like it it doesn't matter like right um and look, I think I think that in a lot of circumstances, that's easier said than done. Like yeah. as as everything, right? Like it, it's pretty funny. A lot of the stuff we chat about seems so simple, but oh, it's doesn't you it constantly just? need to remind yourself of it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not particularly a cultural influence or a particular skill. It's 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 the mm. heart. So um, I just can't count how many times I've said that throughout this whole podcast. But I'm glad. <laughs> Let's keep saying it. I reckon. It's worth yeah, saying. Well, we've covered so much today, guys. Yeah. What do you reckon? Well, it's been a good one. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, Jared, thanks heaps for coming on. Thank do you know you. that it is just, a pleasure? Just for the listeners out there, I asked Jared like, was it yesterday? Possibly. Yeah. He's on <laughs> within twenty four hours, ready to go. So, what thank you so legend. much for coming on. Um, I just want to just personally honour you right now because I think I mentioned it before, but um, I just really like you as a person. Like I, I think it's I think you're a really genuine, authentic person. Um, and mm. I know that sounds kind of I don't know cliche or even just kind of dumb in some respect, but it's actually pretty rare to find in people. Uh, for it mm. to just be from the minute you meet them, they are just a genuine person. And yeah. that's what I feel about you. And I I just want to honour you for the work that you do. I want to honour you for your persistence and longevity in the arts. Like mm. you, you, you're doing your thing. Like we didn't even mention the, the stuff that you've really done. It, like there's, a, I'm sure you can Google Jared Hashek. He's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but like I just want to honour you for having your heart on Jesus that whole time. Um, and mm. on the gifts that he's given you and being confident in that and just being an all-around legend that, like, I, I'm very happy to have met. So I just want to <laughs> say thanks, man. Thanks for being you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, if this was a video, you could see me blushing. Um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's lovely to hear. And, um, yeah, and I don't know. I just feel like I'm just doing my best to... To be myself and yeah. yeah, and you know, take people as they are. Yep. It's, yeah. At yeah. the beginning of the podcast, Jared, you said, um, "I don't know if I'm making a difference for the kingdom," mm. and I appreciate the vulnerability um, in admitting that because I think we all feel that. But then immediately after that, you went on to tell a story about how you were kind to someone and that made a difference. <laughs> so I just want to affirm that you are making yeah, a difference yeah. for the kingdom, uh, even in the times where it doesn't feel like it. And I just want to thank you for the way, as Dana said, you're authentic and just who you are um, and loving Jesus. And mm-hmm. that makes a difference for the kingdom, mm-hmm. it, whether it's in like big, massive things or just like tiny little moments. Um, I, I just affirm that and pray that 
it would just increase more and more um, that God would use you and use your ministry and use your giftings and mm. everything you do in your everyday life yeah. for him and for his glory. And he would oh. bless you while you do it as well. Mm. Thanks. Thanks. No worries. <laughs> it's always weird to receive <laughs> compliments, but... Always. You'll be right. You'll get through it. <laughs> uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for the time. Go back to your life. Hello, 7 Days listeners. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what we do uh, and you want to make sure you don't miss an episode, uh, what can you do, Shush? You can subscribe to our podcast, uh, which you can find on whatever platform you're using. There'll be a little subscribe button. By clicking that, you'll be notified each time of when a new episode is out. So make sure you hit that button Mm. so you don't miss uh, any episode. Uh, But you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Worship Arts Salvos AU. Uh, You'll get updated there when a new episode comes out. Um, But also we would really appreciate it if you share the podcast, whether you want to share it on social social media on your facebook insta what tiktok i don't know whatever you use uh we would love it if you would share the podcast um or just tell a friend text it to somebody be like hey check this out it's epic uh we would really appreciate it because we just i guess want to reach as many people as possible who would be interested and not for our sake not because we want to get a a platform for our own sake just because we want to impact as many people as we can for the sake of God's glory. If this is going to be impactful yeah. for somebody in their faith, we want to get it to them. Um, so that's why mm. we'd ask you to share it. Perfect. I couldn't have said that any better myself, Shush. Thanks.